Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 16, Suffering. Well, we all have to deal. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the Power of Change headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, hat turned backer today, Jesse Fury. What's going to be? Is this going to be a normal thing where you call out things that I'm wearing? I had to turn my head, my hat backwards because the the brim of it was hitting this this uh, wind blocker on the microphone. It's functional, but it again. But it's also very King Griffey Jr. Yeah, like the tank top. uh, If you're old school, it is working. I do not have a tank top on today, nor will I ever wear one again here. Yeah, yeah. No, you can always do that here, Jesse. Um, as long as you kind of keep it all together. If you start going sloppy with tank tops, then it's uh, it's a bad deal, you know? Well, hey, it's uh, a rainy day. We're in the midst of, uh, I guess, finally getting some weather changing here. Good warm thunderstorms here in southwest Virginia. Uh, we're on the, the soccer circuit right now, Jesse. Uh, seems like every every day we got something going on with the, with the high school team. Your girls are good, man, from Instagram. They're, they're Instagram good. They're Instagram like most, good. I, like most I watch of the all world. their goals. You know, yeah, I only put their goals and stuff on Instagram so they don't see when they trip on the ball and when they fall down. And, that's what yeah. social media is for. That's right. It's for making the world at least look perfect. It, that's right. <laughs> looks a lot better than, than it is. Well, in terms of perfecting the world, uh, we talked about hope uh, last time around, episode 15. Really enjoyed that um, discussion because we, we really needed a, we really need and need a hope that does not disappoint. And so I figured we'd follow up uh, a discussion of hope with a discussion of suffering. We won't jump right to it yet, but... um, And my subtitle was, We All Have to Deal. In other words, we we all have to deal. Have to deal with it, right? There's no way to avoid it. Like, my back hurts really bad today, and I have to deal with that. But before we get to the uh, important, more sober, serious uh, topic of suffering, I figured we'd do for our first segment here today a little bit of a combo a combo of our inner out. Our inner out segment is where we want to go in or out on a topic or subject that we give to each other. And our reviewish uh, segment, which where we kind of reviewish books, movies, uh, technology things, whatever gadgets and widgets we want to review. So today, we're going to be going in together on something and also reviewing things. One of, one of the things that, as a young married person uh, that I experienced... Are you a young married person? I don't know. Uh, I am 45 years old. And I've been married at, this Friday. Uh, this Friday, I just reminded myself my anniversary. Ooh, twenty-two years. So twenty-two years. So I'm a middle-aged-ish uh, married guy. But when I was a youngish married guy, you know, you start shopping for stuff together. And Casey and I quickly uh, realized that we're both uh, like frugal in the sense that we didn't want to go big fly on everything. We didn't have to buy Tide, you know, for our washing Mm. our clothes or anything, go high end. But there were certain things that I realized, uh, self-discovery, that I had to have a certain way. In other words, there were household products or (laughs) items that that I just had to have, like, name brand on. And and the rest of it, I didn't really care. So I kind of made a list, and I figured we could make lists together today on some of those things. You want to throw a few out? Well, um... Yeah, so one of the we, we, when you say okay, soda, yeah, right. So yeah. I don't drink a lot of soda. Actually, my Bonhoeffer House guys are gonna make fun of me about this because um, I drink Zevia. Yeah, I've never heard of. Is that like stevia? It's made with stevia. Okay, yeah, and they make fun of me for it because it's really not not very good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it's um, 
there's not as much, there's no sugar. Yeah, yeah. And, so your glycemic and, index doesn't yeah, get jacked up. It keeps, that's you wearing, right. keeps you wearing the tank tops. That's longer. how I can keep the tank tops <laughs> rolling, man. Um, they'll make fun of me for that. But, but one of the things I cannot tolerate is like, um, Dr. K. Oh or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or great value. Cola. Yeah. Like, President's choice or something it, like that. It's was so different. Coke yeah. is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Then Jesse, you revealed that you are a Northern Virginia guy by calling uh, these products soda at the beginning. Uh, pop. Like, yeah. Pop would be Midwest. Soda would be kind of Northeast. Coke is everything in the South. It's yeah. like a dominating term. It's, what it's kind of, soda for me. Yeah. yeah. Soda. Well, in terms of Dr. K, uh, my wife loves that stuff, and I and I will tolerate that. So we already have a, a thing that we've realized that we're different. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple <laughs> things for me. Um, uh, it, first one I'll mention is toilet paper. I couldn't agree more with that one. <laughs> we are unified on oh, that. Yeah. It's like um, my high school wrestling coach used to call certain toilet paper. You go on the road, at, you know, wrestling a different high school or in a tournament or something, uh, and there'd be just bad toilet paper. And he would call it John Wayne toilet paper, the old uh, Western mm. star. And the reason why is he said it was rough, tough, and doesn't take crap off of nobody. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I, I can't, you know, I can't deal with the. We don't have to buy like high end, you know, quadruple ply, cottonelle, but I can't take the stuff that just mm. is weak, fragile, and painful. So toilet mm. paper is one for me. Yeah, man, and 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 that's such a that's how do how does anybody buy the other stuff? I don't know. Like trash bags, same way for me, right? Oh yeah, man. Like I really want to be sacking up my trash with mm. some generic brand breakable trash bag i was like hey it's yeah. got to be hefty or glad or something like that you know so we have high trust the way that you put that was interesting <laughs> um yeah you don't want to be tying that thing up pulling it out of the yeah. the receptacle and yeah. it just rips quality oh, of life, nothing qu- worse than quality that. of life goes right way well maybe just really terrible toilet paper yeah. is worse than that <laughs> any others for you that came to mind um soda oh oh uh uh, cereal. Mm, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. Now I'm not saying there, there's good, you don't have to buy Kellogg's. That's not what right, I'm saying. Right, right, Uh, but, um, my son, my son Elijah is like a, he, he basically only wants original Cheerios. Right. And Made if you buy General Mills yeah, or whatever. General yeah, Mills. Yeah. And if you buy anything else, he's like, this is not Cheerios. There's something wrong and, here. And I'm like, just eat eat your Cheerios, yeah. son. Yeah. But then I had a bowl of it and yeah. I was like, these are terrible. Yeah. These are yeah. like they just they they're like pre-soggy. You yeah. know, they're just yeah. not good. Cereal, man. Yeah, if you're feeling like cinnamon toast crunch, some knockoff cinnamon yeah, toast crunch. Yeah, it's, it's just not, not the same. I mean, yeah. I'll eat it, but my two biggest food items are, are just random, I guess. But um the first one is ketchup. Um, because I, I don't even acknowledge that there are other ketchups in the world other than the ones that the Pittsburgh Steelers football field is named after Heinz ketchup. Heinz. So Ke- from ketchup. Yeah. Hunts like that stuff. I don't know what that is. That's it's ketchup. Certain, it's just like Heinz. Oh uh, man. Heinz. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when Chick-fil-A made the move to have these little check, uh, ketchup cup things, that those, are, those are cool. Dip, they're really cool. Yeah. They were designed for them. Engineered. Of course they are ketchup. They are Heinz ketchup. Yeah. But really? Yeah, ketchup. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I'm, just not, I'm not really a ketchup you guy. Gotta I'm not be really that about way. that life. Got to be that way. And my last one is something I hardly ever eat now. Never did much now. But I, I used to eat them as a kid all the time, teenagers. Uh, and that's pop tarts. Um, yeah, 
there there are pop tarts and then there's other kind of you know store brand things toaster pastries, pastries yeah that are just dry weak and and intolerable and so i you know we don't hardly ever buy that now, but Casey knows if she wants to buy brown sugar and cinnamon pop tarts, it's got to be the real. Got to be pop tarts. Got to be the real deal. I, you know, I got pop tarts for my kids. We don't do pop tarts, but I got some once, and they didn't like them. They didn't like. Well, you've raised them well. They were like, I was shocked. Like, Father, where's our fruit <laughs> and our granola parfait healthy yogurt thing that we eat every day? Our locks and cheese. <laughs> what are these? These I can't even read these ingredients, yeah. Father. Yeah. What is yellow number 58? Uh, just eat it. It's delicious. Well, good. Well, hey, there's a little review-ish, mm. in or out-ish mm. on nothingness from us, but I figured we could just have some fun with that before we jump into a more, uh, more serious... Suffering. Uh, suffering, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's an interesting uh, subject to approach because it's at once a universal, and I, and I mean everybody, right, uh, thing. Nobody is pleased with every day of their life uh, no one is exempted from the classrooms of pain uh, over the years. Uh, this is transcultural, uh, transtemporal. I mean, every time, every culture, every place, uh, at least here on planet Earth, there is uh, suffering, difficulty. Now, there is certainly a, a spectrum of pain. We might say that, you know, a long, prolonged, painful uh, bout with a certain debilitating disease is different than, you know, somebody being upset about, you know, their friend talking junk about it, stabbing in the back kind of thing. Uh, but all suffering uh, is real, um, and all suffering, uh, certainly we're not exempt from any of it. So in terms of that, but it's also a, a thing that's leveraged against Christian faith or yeah. be- belief in a good and benevolent and all-powerful God. Uh, for instance, philosophically over time, there have been, you know, say in the analytic philosophy of religion, there have been arguments levied against Christian faith or the Christian God, the God of the Bible, the Jewish, yeah. Jewish and Christian scriptures, Old New Testaments, uh, levied against uh, how, how can God exist when there's war, there's pestilence, there's disease, there's innocent people, quote-unquote, innocent people suffering. And so that kind of question gets asked a lot. And, and a lot of times, in my experience— Talking with someone who may levy that kind of an argument, um, it really is—it's pretty personal. It really, really, the the question is, why am I suffering, right? Like, what, why, why do I feel this pain? If God's so good, right, and right. He's so powerful, then why did my dad die? Why did why can't you know why can't I find this thing that I that I want? Why am I suffering the way that I'm suffering? It's very personal. That's right. It is it really is. And I think that's a good thing to notice right at the beginning here, Jesse, because um I I really don't want to get into, say, the uh, analytic problem of evil or the logical problem of evil today. That is mm-hmm. a top a topic in and of itself. But I've, I've found over the years when someone asks me, hey, wh- how do you believe in God because of X? Maybe that's my dad died, whatever it, whatever it might be. Um, I've found, or, or how do you believe in God with the world that has so much suffering? Usually it's if you're trying to talk to somebody about Jesus, which I think Christians ought to like to do, or at least try to do. Uh, I think when you talk to people about Jesus, this is the what about question that comes up. What about this? Yeah. What about the war in Syria today? Or what about the suffering somewhere far away or personally in their life? 
I found that getting into that debate uh, right away is not always helpful unless it really is the actual intellectual hangup they have. And what I've really uh, found helpful uh, to myself and others in these kind of discussions is just to simply answer the question, I don't know, man, about all that. How do you deal with it? Yeah. In other words, uh, we all have to deal. How do you deal? Because um, they're asking, you know, obviously me as a Christian, I believe in God. How do I fit all that into my intellectual space or my own existential uh, feelings about life? Um, but I found it's helpful to return it with a question. I don't know, man. It is pretty bad. Uh, how how do you deal with that? Yeah. In a in a follow up question that I w- would ask often is, how is that working for you? Yeah. You know, how are yeah. you? Not only how how do you deal with that? How do you make sense of it? Let's say. But uh, but how's that working out? That's like, right. That's you right. Know, is is that providing for you a sense of okay, I can sleep at night? Yeah. Which often it's not. Often it's right. well, it's not working out very well. Yeah. And I, I found even to revisit our last discussion about hope, there are hopes that do disappoint us, and we try to uh, load those on our lives uh, in order to deal with the, yeah. the difficulty, something painful, disappointing happens. Well, I get a new, new relationship. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm broke. Well, I'm going to try to get rich and have lots of money. Um, I don't like, you know, diseases. So I'm going to never eat stevia and pop tarts or whatever. Cause I don't want to put chemicals in my body. I'm going to be stevia is okay. Stevia is okay. Yeah, okay. That's okay. fine. I don't know about these things. Not pop tarts. Yeah. So pop tarts are definitely bad. So, so yeah, we try to alleviate our own suffering through various means. We seek these kind of micro salvations as it were, mm. uh, through all these things. But when we deal with this, uh, and I don't want it to be too simplifying today, but I do want to say all of us, when we uh, face these things, we have to try to put a puzzle together uh, in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives that try to deal with these three factors. And so, and if you if you want to kind of imagine there with us underground listeners, uh, three circles, uh, three spheres of, of reality. Uh, one, you could draw a circle and put the word God in it. We're, we're wrestling with God with this thing. Um, second circle, you would put uh, humanity or put me, right, us, ourselves in it. And then the third circle is we're dealing with these, uh, the suffering itself, we, we could call it, the circumstances that are unpleasant to me. Uh, I'm, I'm not using evil there because there are some unpleasant things that may not be evil. Right. But I'm just using, hey, I don't, oh, I don't like this, suffering. So God, ourselves, and suffering. Now, everyone, Everyone who's a person is going to have to face those three things. And the interesting thing, if you do study uh, major ways of seeing the world or world and life views, all the various kind of major philosophical systems, religious systems, uh, ways that people think about life, uh, put these spheres together differently. Uh, for instance, uh, friends from, from the East, uh, where we might call pantheistic philosophies, pan meaning all, uh, Jesse and I probably learned a Greek word for that in our vocabulary recently, uh, theos, theism, God, uh, pantheism is the idea that everything is part of the one divine reality. And so these kinds of worldviews have typically dealt with suffering in a unique way. Usually uh, human humanity circle and the God circle are kind of merged, right. or at least once you become enlightened you realize, hey, there's a godness of the universe, and I'm really a part of that. My distinction from God is an illusion. All is God, all is one, and I become one with, with, with the world. So in that view, the interesting thing is suffering can be viewed uh, as an illusion. Right. In other words, 
once you become enlightened through meditation or various practices or different paths that are offered in the various uh, genres of Eastern philosophy, you realize that suffering is kind of illusory. It's not the real real of reality. Or in some other views, it's kind of this other side of the same coin, the yin and the yang kind of concept maybe comes out of Taoism. This kind of view, you know, suffering uh, also is when Yoda trains Jedis. He's trying to show them suffering is not real because they can get rid of that by uh, living a different kind of philosophical life. And so pantheism would say, God, humanity, suffering. Well, let's just uh, become enlightened to where we realize that suffering is not reality. Mm. It has is actually something we have to be uh, escaped from. Now, there is certain views, let's say like Buddhism, which would say all of life is suffering. Okay, and that, that's where kind of from our seat where we start uh, philosophical investigation and that you need to escape that. And the way to escape is through uh, meditation hmm. uh, and different uh, practices. And then you become where you realize that you wake up and you realize that it's not actually the real that you're dealing with. Um, atheism, um, you know, the, the negation of the idea that God is real. Uh, will we'll definitely point out suffering in the world, uh, and certainly as humans is, de- is dealing with it. Uh, but the elimination is the elimination of the circle that would c- contain God, that the, the idea that God exists is not true in light of uh, who we are and what we are suffering. And so atheism would get rid of the circle of suffering. And then various versions of uh, theism or belief in Godism, uh, any of the world's major mo- you know, monotheistic religions, you know, Judaism, uh, Islam, uh, Christianity, and certainly other historical polytheistic uh, religions uh, who believe in gods, you could put a plural on there, have tried to hold these th- three things together. How, as a human being, in suffering, do we relate to God? Um, and so um, I just say all that because there's many times someone wants to leverage suffering against a certain view. Hey, you're a, a Muslim. How do you believe in God if suffering is? Or, hey, you're a Christian. Or what do you do with all the pain in the world? How do you believe these things? Um, Many times it's like, oh, I'm exempt and this is just your problem. No, human beings, all of us, we have to deal. Um, No matter what we currently believe, if I believe in myself and my truth and my pleasure and trying to avoid suffering, I'm still uh, having to face my humanity, uh, the reality of God and the reality of pain. Now, the, the Bible, right, uh, teaches us something unique, I think, about suffering, uh, and very important. Um, the late British author, uh, about 100 years ago, G.K. Chesterton, one of my favorite authors, described the world uh, as a shipwreck. In other words, he, 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 he talked about it as like, hey, there's great goods uh, thrown about in the midst of a wreckage. Um, in other words, the world in itself is good, but it's broken. Uh, that sin and human rebellion has introduced into the creation a groaning and a chaotic suffering uh, that's not the ideal. And I think us identifying suffering shows us that, hey, this world is not... That, that intuition that we all have is right. This right. world is not the way it should be. Right. Anybody who's got a cause to change the world uh, realizes that the world is broken, that there's something wrong with it. And this is something that... Uh, our faith that Jesus taught us of just affirms this world uh, is broken. Yeah, yeah. So you, that that makes me think about, um, you know, there are there's kind of a cynical way of looking at the world, which you you would say maybe is is under that the atheistic kind of worldview of um, don't try to make sense of this. This is it. Just is what it is. It is crap on Tuesday. That's right. Be brave. Get on with it. And. Um, 
And then there's another way of, of looking at, at things as though, uh, you know, the, yeah, it's it, the, the suffering is illusory, is illusory. It's, you know, and, and, uh, and, and this is, it, yeah. this is ancient, these two ways of thinking of things, uh, of trying to reckon with suffering and evil, even going back to, to, to ancient Greek tragedies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you've got, Sophocles, whose tragedies are very much, um, you know, in some ways uh, um, hopeful, and then you've got you've got a transition to Euripides, whose tragedies are much more uh, uh, realistic and cynical. Right. And the Christian view takes these two, which th- that's just representative of Greek right. kind of philosophical way of dealing with suffering. Right, where their own gods are evil and good. And, and <laughs> that's right. Making suffering and alleviating suffering. And and, 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 and the biblical view the really is the one that takes, that says, okay, well, there's, there's, there's some real realness to the way things ought to be because of the created good order that right. God did. There's also some real realness to the way that suffering is and the, and the, really the, the evils and yeah, injustices yeah. that we personally yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah, Chesterton, I don't have it in front of me, but the quote was like, we're all survivors of a, shi- of a shipwreck, of a golden ship that went down before the foundation of the world. In other mm. words, at the beginning of, or went down at the beginning of creation. Uh, in other words, we'll see golden bowls and wonderful things, but it's in the midst of this wreckage and yeah. chaos. And yeah. there is an affirmation of both the goodness of creation and the badness and the pain of it at the same time yeah. in the faith that Jesus hmm. Jesus taught to us. In fact, if you know, some people would ask, uh, why is there suffering? Well, the Bible doesn't give just one uh, reason for why there is pain or why this or that suffering is happening at, at the time in our lives. In fact, a uh, New Testament scholar from my alma mater, UNC Chapel Hill, Bart Ehrman, uh, wrote a book called The Bible's Problem, I believe is the title. Yeah, God's Problem is the book, um, where he says, well, the Bible doesn't tell us the reason why this suffering is happening. It gives all these different reasons, and so therefore it has a problem because it doesn't really answer mm. it. And and, and my, my problem with his thesis was, it's like, well, simply because the Bible says, right, suffering can be the direct result of human choices, right, sinful choices, right? I think we all believe in that. Um, certainly uh, that God can speak to us through suffering, get, get our attention, uh, as it were. Uh, it can at times be part of God's discipline of His children, those who have faith in Him and trust, and His judgment of, yeah. the, of what the Bible calls the wicked. Suffering can be a result of God's discipline and judgment. It's also um, God allows suffering to bring about good ends when He redeems things and makes them right. Um, C.S. Lewis said that it was uh, kind, of, kind of a megaphone to wake up a, d- a deaf world, that uh, the, the prophets of the Old Testament say, oh God, how long do we have to see this? Or uh, certain things like in the book of Habakkuk when God's people are getting wrecked by the Babylonians, and they're like, golly, what, what is going on here? Um, it can create this longing and crying out uh, for God. Um, suffering is used to transform people. I mean, there's so many yeah. people we've probably met over the years and certainly experienced ourselves is that our lives change through the painful circumstances, probably, I would say, much more than just the victory. That's right. I do not want to suffer, and I will avoid it. Yeah. I will I will run from it. I can't help it. Like, you can't help That's right. but go, I don't want that. I don't want to walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, but 
I have been shaped more in those valleys than than in the green pastures, in right. a sense, right? Like, right, right. Like, I have shared fellowship with Jesus in ways that I can't even really explain in my suffering, deep ways. Yeah. I've been, I've, yeah, I mean, I've been formed in, in the crucible of suffering, and yet I still don't want to walk through right, it. Right, right, right. Uh, but, it, but it, you know, it's almost more like a, as you look back, you realize, and, and, and that's what Peter's trying to do and James is doing and Paul's doing throughout the letters, is saying, yeah. hey, consider it joy. Well, that's really hard to do in the middle of it, but it is helpful to have someone say, this is what this is producing. Right, right. And, and when you pass through, you look back and you go, you, he was right. This, right. this was producing. Right. And so Airman's critique is like, oh, the, the Bible's like a shotgun about why suffering. So it doesn't really have an answer or the answer. Um, now, the problem I see with that is that he, he, he seems to reject the Bible saying, well, it has contradictory reasons given. No, it has a, 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 a myriad of reasons. And the, the problem that I think he has with what the Bible says about suffering, and that what probably, if we're all honest, we have about suffering, is that we don't know why this particular right. incident is happening to us now. Yeah. Um, mainly, we're having to realize in those moments that we are really, really not God. Yeah. We really, really don't have the ability to see the why behind every what. Uh, but that in itself doesn't mean that some of the whys that are given in the scriptures for uh, they're, 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 that they're meaningless or they're not helpful to us. I can know God could be doing this for my good. He could be doing this to discipline and correct me. Right. He could be doing this uh, to bring glory to himself through this circumstance. He could be doing a number of those things, uh, and I not know the precise one, but knowing the heart of God has a reason. It's different to say that there are many reasons and there, there's no reason for suffering, which is certainly, uh, I think, will lead to despair, yeah. despair in the world. Well, suffering, Jesse, like you said before, nobody wants to go through it or nobody wants to enter it. Uh, but knowing ahead of time certain things, how do I see God, humanity, and suffering beforehand uh, radically changes my experience of it. And so this is where, for me, um, uh, coming to look at the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is just fascinating. Um, because even in, in our kind of basic theology— right, of who God is, who we are, uh, and what suffering is. Jesus himself, right, think about it, these, these three circles I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, the circle of who God is, circle of ourselves, humanity, and suffering itself, Jesus actually united all of these things in one person. Right, he's in the intersection of, of those three circles overlapping. Yeah, if you put a Venn diagram together with the, the circles overlapping, you'll see in the middle there's a convergence, not and not simply in ideas. Well, there's an idea of God, there's an idea of ourselves, there's an idea of suffering. No, in the actual, in the metaphysical, right, in the, yeah. uh, in the ontology of this, Jesus, very God of very God, becomes in actuality a human being and he suffers with us he yeah. suffers for us and he suffers to triumph over suffering itself yeah it is a really really unique story so in the scriptures here was here's what we see the suffering of the world is taken on and solved by god himself jesus becomes a human being bears suffering on behalf of suffering people. His name, one of his names in the, in the New Testament, Emmanuel, God with us. God is suffering with and for us. His death for sin is a sacrifice in which God himself takes on the sting of death and sin to forgive us yeah. and to not leave us in our sin, but forgive and transform us. 
his resurrection, right? The ultimate hope that this enemy of pain, sin, death, and decay will ultimately be thwarted, defeated. Jesus raises from the dead, does an end zone dance over death itself. I'm glad you brought, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing attention to the resurrection because I think that's often missed when we think about suffering and hope, uh, especially in the evangelical world where we focus a lot on the cross, which is, right, which is right, good right, and right. right. And yet Jesus inaugurates a new reality. He, he essentially strikes this decisive blow against death itself in a way that, uh, that, that provides hope for us, not just that we're going to float off into the clouds one day in a disembodied right, reality, right, right. not just that there's a sense in which um, we escape suffering, but actually in, in a forerunning way that he will restore things, That's that right. all things will be made new, that the suffering will, will be knit together in this, in this plan that is going to involve you and I and our bodies in, in a Christ-like kind of right. new reality. I mean, it's just, there's a real tangible hope in that for yeah. us that we lose if we don't talk about it. it you're exactly that's exactly right and it's uh, there, there's a story that Ravi Zacharias told and wrote it into a small book form called the grand weaver uh, is this it, is this a story he was quoting from one of your uh, writings? No, no, no. Listen to one of our no, previous podcasts. No, 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 no. That was a strange occurrence in the universe. Where he quoted me on something else. But um, the Grand Weaver he tells a story that's from Eastern Eastern culture, where these um, tapestries would be woven with kind of this old, uh, you know, technology that we all used all over the world to put together uh, various patterns, and it really depended on what color threads are are are. are are fed through uh, when in the process. And so the story he told was like there was a, the sun is down just kind of moving this shuttlecock back and forth with this weaving apparatus and that the father is standing above with all these various threads and putting them all at the right time and telling the son what to do. Now, uh, the, the kid, he's just working back and forth, right? Just combining all these, these things together. But there's something in the mind of the father, right? That's going to come out. Now, what comes out is this beautiful, wonderful tapestry of reds and blues and all these different colors. Um, and the person living it out gets to see it, gets to see it. Yeah. And I think life is a bit like that is that I don't know what this, you know, I, I talked to my, my, my oldest daughter about it. I don't know what this broken leg is in the big story, uh, but I do know in the resurrection of the body and the glory of the kingdom that that will be a part of a beautiful tapestry. Yeah, that's as, right. As well as the friendship and love we have with each other, which we all, we all acknowledge is a good thing on the earth. Yeah. And so God is the one who's really ruling these things and, and weaving the together. And the person of Christ... Um, pulls these things together in such a way. I mean, think about it. Jesus is called in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, uh, as one was a man of sorrows familiar, right, yeah. with suffering. Yep. Um, he is our great high priest, and a priest is a go-between, right, uh, who's mediating between us and God. And represents That's the right. people, yeah. That's right, brings us up and to mm. God. And Hebrews chapter four says he is he is not a high priest that's unable to sympathize with our pain. We may have been around a religious leader who didn't care about our pain or something. I don't know, uh, but with Jesus, he is the great high priest who can sympathize with his people. And then one of the beautiful stories in the New Testament is that Jesus is actually present, present with people yeah. in their pain. I mean, he 
he, his first miracles we like to talk about, he you know turned water into uh, wine at, at a wedding feast with us in our celebrations. But in John chapter 11, he's also with his friends at a funeral. Uh, and it's a joke. Well, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, John Jesus 11, wept. 35. Yeah. yeah. He, Jesus cried, right? So God is not distant from pain and suffering. He's in it with us in the person of Christ. Uh, and he puts him there with a mission, uh, a mission of redeeming, uh, uh, a mission of sewing back together that which is torn. And through his own pain and sacrifice, he brings us in and up to God. And at the end, the story is life and resurrection. And so that's why Jesus can say things like the thief, the enemy, uh, the satanic powers, the world comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you have life and have it abundantly or fully overflowing life because of the promise that's there. Jesse, I put in put in our, our show here a passage from First Peter, I think really summarizes quite uh, well some of these things, and I don't know if you could read that for us. Uh, yeah, this is First Peter 1, beginning in verse 3. I'm right there, right? Yeah. yeah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. So Christian, non-Christian, not sure, Ishjin, whatever you're doing out there, uh, listener of the Gospel Underground, I really want to encourage you uh, to read that slow this week and think through where your treasure is, where your hope is in the midst of, right, the shipwreck. Um, suffering's not going to be, uh, we're not getting a, a hall pass exemption from it, but within it, Jesus transforms it and is working out uh, the redemption and salvation of our lives and all things. Well, Jesse, as we close here today, I just wanted to uh, take a moment for you to... Uh, well, what's that sound? Take him to church. <laughs> that sound? Go to church, church. is one of my pastors, the pastor of our church, Valley Bible Church, and uh, certainly in the midst of people. And, uh, the word pastor means shepherd, walking with people, caring for lead, feed, no, protect the sheep kind of deal. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you a little bit, a couple things about caring for people. Uh, yeah. Real people who have real suffering. What counsel could you give us um, to to do that well? Yeah, so I, I certainly don't think I'm the expert, um, but I have walked through some suffering and walked through some suffering with with God's people who are who are my friends and people that I love. And uh, you know, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like I'm talking to my some of my younger guys that I'm I'm training. They might be listening. <laughs> I, I make them from time to time. Uh, Shout out to the Bonhoeffer House. Bonhoeffer House. <laughs> um, so you know, really, like, yeah. The main thing. Hmm, so I've got some don'ts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So so just don't be don't be an idiot. 
Okay, this is what I mean by that. Don't be someone who is, um, don't say too much. So, so uh, I think there's a tendency, especially with pastors, to feel like we're the answer people. Yeah. Uh, it's not just pastors, though, right? Like, we all think that we've got the answers. You've been walking with Jesus for like two weeks at least, yeah. and you already feel like you got the answers. Yeah. Don't say too much. Um, you know, oftentimes, uh, you, your presence with someone speaks much, much more than, than your words. And so I would just say, you know, you think back to Job and his so-called friends who came to him. And really, the best thing that they did was not talk. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. At the beginning, they just sat with him. Yeah. Uh, they should have just kept sitting with yeah. him, right? I mean, so don't say too much. Um, one one thing is don't 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 think that you know more than you know. You mentioned this earlier. There there's some you know. You're, you're t- talking to Kayla about her broken leg and how that, I mean, it's still affecting her, right? She yeah. was, she oh, told yeah. me just last week or the week before that she can tell when the rain's coming, right? Oh, yeah, she's in pain. I mean, today. what is she, 16? Yeah. How yeah. old is she? Yeah, 16. The 16 year old should not have to deal with pain in her leg because it's raining out. Yeah. Right? The uh, titanium barometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you're saying, I don't know exactly why this, this happened to you. I, I don't, ex- you know. That's right, right? We don't want to say too much. And sometimes we, we, get, we think that we have all the answers theologically. We've got our, our tight theological systems. And we, so we, we really think we know more than we know. Um, you know, I, I tell the story sometimes when I talk about suffering. And, and, and uh, my daughter, Evie, she, uh, she got a huge splinter in her foot when I was, I was putting a new deck in, a front porch in, and, uh, and I had not yet finished the the, the, the deck, the, the pine decking. And she was just like running and sliding on the oh. porch. And, and she got this, it's the biggest splinter I've ever seen in somebody deep. And, uh, and it broke as I was trying to pull yeah. it out and that set her over the edge. Right. So she's in pain. She's freaking out five or six years old. And, uh, and, and it's like a traveling, experience. We're starting on the deck. I'm trying to pull this thing out. She's freaking out, thrashing, screaming. Eventually we, eventually we end up with her on our kitchen counter, her foot in the sink. And, uh, my wife, Jenny, like holding her, pinning yeah, her yeah. down, restraining, restraining her. <laughs> I have a knife, a, a needle, like a, like a safety pen and tweezers. And I'm doing like minor surgery on her <laughs> foot in our, in our kitchen sink and as a dad probably listening to her okay so she's screaming she's screaming dad why are you doing this to me she (laughs) at one point and and, you know i'm like telling my wife jenny you're gonna have to like really hold her down i've got my all my weight on her leg pinning her leg down so she can't pull it back or thrash around because she's she's got to get out of her foot has she can't walk this thing is like it's still a half an inch long and like in like as, as thick as a, uh, really almost as thick as, as chopsticks, right? Like it's big <laughs> and now it's under the surface. So I'm having to really like make a slice, poke it with a pen all the while. So at one point she, I, I'll, I'll always remember this. She looks over Jenny's shoulder as Jenny's holding her down. She sees the knife and the look in her eyes. It, and she screamed, what is that? Why are you doing this to me, dad? And, uh, and really her experience of this is just 
suffering, pain, fear, why would you do this? It's obviously, as we as fathers know, I'm doing this because I love you. And this suffering is not... I, don't, I, w- I would trade your, your, your temporary suffering now. I, w- I want you to suffer temporarily so that you will not suffer permanently or you won't, right. won't suffer long term. And, uh, and so, so, you know, this kind of... It helps me think through, like, oftentimes when I'm suffering, what is God doing? Well, sometimes he's doing some surgery, right? Now, the thing that I can't know for, for people that I counsel is... Did you get that splinter because you were disobeying? Right, yeah, that's what you're saying. Foolish, were you being foolish? It, yeah. Were you being sinful? Or is this suffering that is coming from the outside that is, is, is in some ways meaningless in the sense of you have not done something to right, deserve right. it? Now it's not meaningless. It's right. not. It has meaning in in that God is working it together. It's not without cause, but it's not caused by, by you, you, right? Yeah. And so, so I think sometimes we try to speak into that too quickly, or. Or as though we know. I don't always know. The great story from the New Testament, you know, people ask about, you know, a guy who was born, you know, born blind. Hey, who who sinned, him or his parents? And the answer was no, neither. Right. right? It's like, um, this was so that God could do something they didn't know. Yeah, in a lot of ways, the answer is, you're asking the wrong question, right? Like, watch watch Jesus work in this is is really what he's saying. That's right. Um, Another don't is don't call evil good. So one of the things that I've I've overheard, in fact, I've done in the past, I've overheard, I've seen people do, heard about people do, is is essentially quote Romans eight, what is that eight twenty eight, yeah, and say this thing that's happening to you is actually a good thing that God's God's using to you know, and and, and that's just not always true. In fact, it's it's rarely true. Evil is not good, um, and and so one of the things that's really helpful with the Weaver il- illustration is. That passage doesn't say God is doing all these things to you. It, what he's what it says is God is 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 really he's working these things together for good. He's right, weaving right. this tapestry together. He is going to make sense of this in the end. Right. Uh, but it doesn't mean because because what happens is if you say that this is something that God's doing to you, then it you can't help but think of God as this. Um, really kind of an evil person. Why yeah, would God do yeah, that? Yeah. You know, my daughter was looking at it thinking, yeah, you're yeah. doing this to me. Right. And what she needed to, to understand is, I love you, and what I'm actually doing is taking this bad thing that's happened to you... To make it for help, something and healthy in the it, future. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, um, that's really, really good. They, we can't say, hey, well, because there's an outcome woven together for our good that this thing is yeah. anything but bad. Yeah. Um, some do's would be to uh, to be to be incarnate with someone, to be present with someone. You know, you 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 talked about how Jesus came; he came. He he did not account equality with God something to be grasped. He he emptied himself of his place in heaven to take on the form of a servant to suffer in our place and suffer with us. And 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 so um, so really, there's a there's the gospel is brought to my neighbor when I'm with him or her in his suffering or her suffering. And I don't try to give him all the answers. I don't. I don't say it's. Oh, it's. It's totally fine. It's good. God is doing. This. No, I'm just with the person. And there's an objection that I've heard from several, uh, you know, secular atheistic thinkers about uh, Jesus suffering for us. You know, like I can't believe in vicarious atonement. In other words, he was. He died the death I deserved. He was punished when I should have been, and not. And you're like, no, I want to be punished myself. You know, uh, but the beauty of it is that. Look, I believe in substitutionary atonement 100%, 100%. Yeah. It's part of the gospel. 
but it's not this disembodied, disconnected act. Uh, Jesus suffers, right, for us, but also with us. And so his presence in the incarnation, his presence with his people by the Spirit, and his application of the vicarious atonement to us is very personal. Yeah, that's it's not, right. not simply transactional. That's right. It's not just what happens in a cosmic courtroom in right. the sky. Right. That's right. not all that's happening. Right. Right. The yeah, not guilty does happen, but it yep. happens with us, for us, as father to us, as adopting kids, as bringing us home. And that is a personal act of the loving God who suffers for us and with us. That's good. And it just has to be holistically discussed there, or it does sound like, well, something happens over there where a guy gets beat up, and I don't have to get beat up. And, and that sometimes doesn't make sense without yep. the, the, the big picture. Yeah, and that's one of the things... Uh, I'm not sure how this works its way out all the time in counseling, but one of the things that I try to remember, and, and it does work its way out, is um, justice is—we should hope for justice, but justice is not—contrary to to uh, our art forms, justice is not blind. God justice, God's justice is not blind. It's personal, and it's restorative. And it's not as though one day the scales will balance out and that somehow will give me some sense of, oh, good, it makes sense now. That's not the biblical picture of justice. God, you know, you, you, you've got the martyrs in heaven in Revelation or, or before the throne of God saying, how long, O Lord? There's this personal, like, right, like right. do you, have you, don't forget about us. There's also this... Per- and not forget the evil done to them by others. Exactly, right, right yeah. yeah. And that's where you start seeing the judgment of God in a different light. Uh, because it's not like he just wants to blow up folks. He, yeah. he is not tolerant of evil, evil wreckage of the world and of people made in the image of God by us. And that's where it puts us on the hook too. Right? That's right. Yeah. And but then and then on the flip side, there's this there's a personal God who in the person of Jesus Christ and his resurrected body greets us, wipes away our tears, sets a table for us. If you if you think about uh, Psalm 23. We we do walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, but it's but we don't sit down and stay in them. And that's part of as I'm counseling someone, you know, in a in a you you really it's an art form to figure out when do you talk and when do you not talk. But you really want to help them see uh, this looks like the darkest valley. Yeah, uh, yeah. You God will bring you through it. It's right. not you don't it, God doesn't lead you to the valleys but through the valleys. Right. And even when you're talking about we're talking about suffering today but we we could equally maybe we should do a uh, a podcast here an episode on pleasure. Because That's right. there's all these pleasure images, right, of what God is doing in the end. Um how many of us maybe wrecked our bike when we were a little kid and we're weeping and crying in pain and then we were comforted right yeah like mom grabs you or somebody grabs you auntie or something you know wipe your tears away yeah and and the feeling oh i'm safe again or or the 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 good feast that we have with new wine that jesus prepares for us all these pleasure images images yeah. are our destiny and we we see those we have to see those now although for a little while we see the pain we have to see forward to the blessings of the Father. That's well, right, and him. and that's exactly what I mean with the the idea of restorative personal justice. Is that God, Jesus is our is our shepherd, but He also in Psalm twenty three transitions into the host who welcomes us to the table. Uh, and there's even this this conquest of evil in Psalm twenty three. You know, in the presence of my enemies, yeah, this the my good shepherd will welcome me in, and he will anoint my head with oil, and he will fill my cup with 
wine and he will or ipas or whatever you're into <laughs> uh zevias or <laughs> buy you're into buy uh <laughs> or were uh and he will set a table for me and and it's personal and so so that's where a lot, lot of the meaning of the of the well i don't know i don't know that i can't help you know the meaning of it right now but one day you will be welcome to the table right. if, as you hope in jesus and and in some way there will be meaning to this that's right and so I, I want to offer those sorts of pictures. Really, I want to offer them a picture of Jesus who sees them, is with them. Yeah. Uh, I need to know that I am not alone in the dark, that, that God sees what's happening, that he's with me. And, and really, I just need people to remind me of that. So yeah. I try to do the same thing as I'm counseling. Yeah. And you think about it, the resurrected Christ uh, did not appear without wounds. Um, and in that in itself is that the suffering... Of, of God, uh, the suffering, if I can say that, the Son of God, let's be more precise. Yeah. The suffering of the Son of God, the suffering of His kids uh, will remain part of our story yeah. uh, forever, but it's not uh, the crowning chapter because redemption, uh, the wonderful saving, healing power of God ultimately is triumphant over the scars. Amen. Amen. Well, amen, brother. Thanks so much. And I am back on the buy trip. I'll give you one before you leave. A coconut <laughs> pina colada flavored buy. It will not uh, move you out of your tank top. But thank you for joining I'll me take here, it. I'll Jesse, take it. today. And thanks as always to Sugar and the Hilos for allowing us to license the song. See it for yourself as our theme song, The Gospel Underground, is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. We are currently asking you to review us on iTunes. How five stars. Five star reviews on iTunes. We're not seeing you do that, but uh, we know you're listening. Send your comments, feedback, questions that you might have uh, that we might even take up here on the Underground to info at thegospelunderground.org. And thank you for the email. We got one this week. Very encouraging. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. Hope to see you out there. We out here, Jesse. Peace. Peace.